You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Babylon 5 ended a great war and united a hundred alien races in peace. Danger didn't die. It just went underground with new heroes and new evils to carry the torch. We need to make sure they all understand we will not be intimidated. What is wrong with you people? We have to set him against himself. It's an entire new season of Babylon 5 with all new episodes. And so begins. There is a hole in your mind. What do you want? No one here. It's exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why don't you eliminate the entire non-home race? Oh, why don't we Reaching out of the stuff. Who are you? President Clark has signed a decree today declaring martial law. These orders have forced us to declare independence. That's why people get off their encounter-suited butts and do something. You are the one who wants to Zahadu who will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city. Giants in the playground. Get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. Turn around. Very, very slowly. Hello, Mr. Garibaldi. Good to see you again. I was wondering how you were doing. Whether written, called. Shut up. Obviously haven't improved your manners. And welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 5, Episode 9 A Tragedy of Telepaths. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis The situation between the Alliance and the Telepath colony continues to deteriorate when Besta arrives on the station. Londo and Jakar discover an old friend in the Centauri Royal Court. Written by JMS and directed by Tony Dow, this episode was released on March 25th, 1998, and takes place from June 16th to June 18th, 2262. And the guest stars. Lee McCloskey as Thomas, Walter Koenig as Alfred Bester, Kim Strauss as Drowsy Ambassador, Caroline Ambrose as Lara, Freddie and, oh my goodness, Andreucci as Worker, Jonathan Chapman as Brakiri Ambassador, Tom Billet as Centauri Guard, Christina Gavin as Telepath, and, spoilers, Julie Caitlin Brown as Natoth. And, uncredited, we have Hayley McLean as Computer Voice. So guys, what did we think of this episode? Well, uh, I guess we could say that it wasn't horrible. Uh, the uh, The parts with uh, Londo and Jakar were good. Uh, you know, and Bester does a, a good job at being a creep, so that's not too bad either. Uh, I don't think there was too, too much um, telepath stuff in this, but there was more than we needed. <laughs> that's true. 
Dan, what did you think? Yeah, uh, it's all about the London Jakar. That's that's the thing that brought me into this episode. And it's the thing that I remember the most um, from uh, random scenes of asking people to remove their clothing, which just made me laugh when all the animal magnetism they're in um, and uh, and the kind of brewing in the background thing about whatever's coming, whoever's attacking the shipping, the fact that, you know, Delenn and, and Sheridan were doing the whole thing of like, well, you're going to be watching them, but we're watching you. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was a nice thing. And so two thirds of the episode was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we had more telepaths. And when you're siding with Bester, you know, you're really uh, on the wrong side of things, I think. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was nice to see how dangerous the telepaths can be that working together, they can actually outsmart them by making them think there's bombs in the wall. And that gives them time to then weld because as the situation was unfolding and we were watching the episode, I was thinking, well, why don't they just cut through faster? Like, why is it taking them so long? Eventually, there's going to be so many plates of armor. There's going to be no room in their room. If they walled themselves in, it's just going to be a tiny, tiny little box. And Byron's kind of like sticking his head out just the, <laughs> the hole at the side. But obviously, that just means they move on to the next bit. And it just made more sense the way they were planning it out. That was smart. But it was just boring as a storyline. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's my thought so far. Well, what about the acting where they just had their hands out against the wall that was that was superb wasn't it oh nobody can hold a hand out like byron i mean that's you know it looks like they were trying to change like you know when the radiator is cold on one side and warm on the other and they were just checking like what side they got to change the radiator temperature just bleed it byron bleed it personal log june 16th 2262 My first CO once told me, when someone asks you why you took on a job, the worst answer you can give is, because a friend asked me to. I should have listened. This place is one long exercise in frustration. The telepaths are still holed up in Brown Sector and may go on a hunger strike unless they get a home world of their own. After I denied permission to the telepaths who came here asking to form a colony, President Sheridan overrode my decision. Now they've walled themselves up in Brown Sector. They've welded shut the air doors, disabled the tubes and the access wells. They're dug in so deep it'll take forever to get them out again. But we can't wait forever. And neither can they. Sheridan is up to his ears in council meetings. I hear they may go on a hunger strike until they receive the homeworld they've demanded in return for not revealing everyone's secrets. I hate hunger strikes. It's a no-win situation for everyone. It'd be nice if Sheridan could get into this. He let them stay here. He might be able to talk them out. But he's up to his ears dealing with ambassadors who are getting bushwhacked by unknown parties that have been turning their shipping lanes into killing zones and have started blaming each other. Some of the telepaths might have got out. And they're not exactly happy about the telepaths having found out most of their secrets. For now, they're more worried about the attacks, which represent a money problem. That's only because they think all the teeps are holed up in Brown Sector. And because they figure we'll kill the telepaths when we go in to dig them out. And who knows? Before this is all over, they may be right. What they don't know, because I haven't told them yet, is that we think some of the telepaths got out before they closed off Brown 12. London and Jakarta are still on Centauri Prime. They could be anywhere on the station by now. X-Factor's in this whole equation. 
Londo and Jakar are still on Centauri Prime, preparing for Londo's eventual rise to Emperor when their regent dies, so they're in no position to help. I wonder if he could use a good starship captain right about now. Speak a little Centauri. Well, maybe not. I'll just have to find a way to deal with this. Because I'm here, and it's my command. And why am I here? But no one is going to like her solution. Because, though we've been separated by a lot of years and a lot of life, Sheridan's still a friend. And he asked for my help. You know what? It's still a crummy answer to the question. <sighs> then again, maybe I'm just cranky. Because I don't think anyone's going to like my solution. She sends a message to Vesta saying she needs help. The God's honest truth is, I don't think we're going to get out of this without a lot of dead people on the deck. Maybe a whole lot of dead people. Lockley to CNC. CNC online. I need a secure gold channel to Earthcom. Access Earth Dome District Psycor headquarters. Message destination. Bester Psycor. Stand by. You want a header on the channel interface in case he's not available? Yeah. Yeah. Tell him. Uh, tell him Captain Elizabeth Lockley called, and uh, tell him. Tell him we need his help. The crews are, are still trying to unweld the doors that the telepaths have welded. The telepaths are keeping out the workforce by putting frightening images into their minds, like bombs behind the door. Zack suggests going in through the maintenance ducts, but only one person can go through at a time, so Lockley volunteers to go through by herself. Zack objects, which is duly noted. Meanwhile, on Centauri Prime, Londo cannot understand the reports he is receiving. I don't understand it. Mm. These reports. When we are at peace, we cut production on ships and weapons 25% and invest that money in domestic economy, manufacturing, research and development. Sensible. Wise. Who thought it up for you? Right now, even though we are not at war with anyone, our production of war material has increased 15%. Why? But Shikar comes up with the answer. Well, with everyone now on the same side, perhaps you're planning to invade yourselves for a change. I find the idea curiously appealing. Once you finish killing each other, we can plow under all the buildings and plant rows of flowers that spell out the words, too annoying to live, in letters big enough to be seen from space. Would you like some spoo? It's fresh. Fah, get that away from me. Spoo needs to age. It takes time to, to cultivate its flavor. Fresh spoo insults a centauri. To eat fresh spoo is to insult a centauri. I don't even know where you got it. I saw it on a tray heading into the south end of the palace. I assume no one would mind if I took it. That's right. Only Narns can stomach it fresh. Well, if that's true and I'm the only Narn in the palace, then where was it going? But what's in the south end of the palace? Mystery. It's a mystery, it's a mystery. Molari, where was it going? How do I know? Do I look like a chef to you? What's in the south end of the palace? Well, uh, 
the memorial gardens, the, the old living quarters, mostly shut down now, have been for years, and, uh, and the underground cells. Take me there. It's late. Now. Londo takes Jakar down to the old underground cells. In one of the cells, they find Nottoth. The original Nottoth. When did you get here? I thought you were dead. We all thought you died on the first wave of attacks on Nod. Almost. We had no warning. We saw nothing, heard nothing, until a second star appeared in the morning sky. And then the sky exploded. You're not killed in the first few minutes of the attack. There are no words, Jacob. She awoke in the ruins of the Centauri castle. It was as if the universe itself had turned against us and said, Die. 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 I awoke in the ruins of the capital. A Centauri boot was on my throat. Before I woke on the ship coming here. They wanted them as slave labor. They wanted us as trophies of the victory, as slave labor, and as entertainment. They put me here because I was not sufficiently entertaining. That was over two years ago. So that's how they replaced her. The actress came in, took her to the cells, locked her away, and took her uh, part for a, that's a couple of seasons. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Shikar brings Natath up to speed about the war, and she tells him of her toils since being captured by the Centauri. She was my aide, Molari. And my friend. You knew her. You spoke to her. What is she still doing here? I have no idea. She was probably just forgotten. Unfortunately, these things happen. You put her in this cell. You chained her to the wall. And then simply forgot that she was here? I didn't do anything, Jakar. I didn't know she was here. I would have been back on Babylon 5 when she was brought here. Then why is she still here? The war is over. Why is she still here? Probably because the Emperor gave the order. After that, I doubt he gave it very much thought and thus forgot to countermand the order. These things happen in a monarchy. But Londo cannot countermand the order of the Emperor, as it is treason. He says when he becomes Emperor, he will release Natoth. But Shikar says that'll be too late for Natoth. Later, when I become emperor. Too long. She could be dead by then. Then there is nothing I can do. There's something you can do. You will find it and you will do it. In one way or another, we will leave here with Natoth. Oh, by Shakuan, I swear. 
I'll see this palace in flames, and I'll see you burn with it! Zack shows Lockley the entrance to the ducts leading to the telepaths. It is so narrow that she can only crawl in, but not turn round to come back out, so she would have to crawl out backwards. She says if she's not back within an hour, try another way. Garibaldi tells Sheridan about Lockley's plan. He points out that the telepaths are either going to surrender or starve, but might resort to sabotage. Garibaldi gives Sheridan a piece of metal from a Bracari ship that has attacked a Drazi shipping line. Drazi security patrol found this at the site of the most recent attack on the Drazi shipping lines. This is Bracari metal. It looks like it was blown off during the fight. Bracari? I'm not the type to go around attacking other races without provocation. There are probably two dozen dead Drazi that would disagree with that assessment right about now. The Drazi plan on introducing this at the next council meeting tomorrow morning. As a courtesy, they wanted you to know. Better lay on extra security. I have a hunch there's going to be trouble once this gets out. I don't doubt it. Lately, every day, everything seems to be fraying at the edges. I don't get it, Michael. I truly don't. I mean, after a while, I think this would get a little easier. But lately, Feels like it's all falling apart. Everything is, is fraying at the edges. <laughs> I mean, instead of everybody trying to hold things together, I feel like they're, they're all grabbing at threads and, and pulling in a hundred different directions. You really want an answer to that? You got one? War is exciting. Yeah? Why is it that we always break up our history by the, the wars? Not the years of peace. The Hundred Years' War, the War of 1812, the first three world wars, the Dilgar War, the War of the Shining Star, the Mimbari War, the Shadow War. Why the war, not the peace? Because it's exciting. And because on some level, people like to see something big fall apart and explode from the inside out. And right now, John, we're that something. Lockley reaches the telepaths and asks to be taken to Byron. She points out to him that as they have pissed off all other races by planning to reveal their secrets, there is nowhere for them to go as no one will give them a planet they can call home. Therefore, the standoff is meaningless. Byron says it's not Lockley's decision to make and says they will not leave and they will not tell them who their telepaths are on the outside. Lockley offers to take some of the telepaths with her when she leaves. They refuse, and Byron thanks her and says goodbye. Jakar and Lando are planning to rescue Natoth. Well, did you get through to Nan? Yes, they can have a ship standing by to intercept us midway to Babylon 5, then take her home. Yes, well, the hard part is still getting Natoth out of the palace and onto our ship first. And we have to do it without killing a guard, without raising any alarms, and without anyone noticing that she is gone. My next trick, I shall fly around the room under my own power. Londo is told by a female Centauri messenger that the next ship will be leaving for Babylon 5 tonight. When he comes up with an idea. Yes! Prime Minister? Yes? I was told to inform you that the next cruiser bound for Babylon 5 will be leaving tonight. Yes, all right, thank you. Wait a minute. Close the door. Let me look at you. 
turn around. Yes, yes, very nice. He wants her clothes. I think you may be just what I am looking for. Would you mind taking off your clothes? Murari. Not necessarily at this moment, and certainly not in front of the... Um... <clears throat> oh, it's animal magnetism. What can I say? The Drazi ambassador addresses the council and accuses the Brakeri of attacking the Drazi. Someone is framing the Brakeri and the Drazi. They have to work together to find out who has planted the evidence. Londo retires the guard for Natoth and tells him not to come back. Shikar comes in with the clothes that they have taken from the messenger. Lockley meets with Bester and he says now that he is here, everything will be just fine. What could possibly go wrong? Mm. Yeah. He's a likeable chap. Everybody gets on well with him. <laughs> oh, indeed. Shikar brings Natoth into Malari's quarters, dressed in Centauri clothes. Fortunately, she has a veil over, uh, which is put over her face. Malari pretends to be drunk and walks Natoth with the veil over her face through the royal court. A telepath graffiti artist is told by the be that Bester is here, to which... He says the bloodhounds must be not far behind, and they need to save Byron. Bester is taken to the door where the maintenance tech tells him that there is a bomb behind. Bester tells him that there is no bomb, and tells him to put his hand on the door. He does so, and Bester blocks all the telepaths inside. It is now safe to continue to cut through the door. The telepaths outside get to the armory, and force the combination out of a guard. They take some weapons and attack Bester. The attack leaves a number of guards and telepaths dead. Byron is upset that they'll be killing in his name, and he says there is something he can do about it. The Brakiri, Game and Drazi are brought to Sheridan's office. Thank you for coming. We thought we might continue our discussion in private. There is nothing left to discuss. Well, we think there is. If you'll watch the monitor, please. Do you recognize those, Ambassador? Yes, those are the ships we dispatched to our border to watch the Brakiri. And to attack if your shipping lines are victimized again. Yes. The Drazi ships are surrounded by the White Star Fleet. Those are our ships, Ambassador. Our ships watching your ships, watching their ships. If you attack them, our ships will attack you. The same applies to the game and the Brakiri. On what grounds? This is a violation of our sovereign rights. No, it's not. Read the Constitution. The moment you joined the Alliance, you agreed that the Alliance had jurisdiction over disputes between members. One member race cannot attack another without either leaving the Alliance or suffering retaliation. We refuse to allow border disputes and skirmishes to tear us apart. The Drazi are not happy and say that every great fall begins with a mistake. This is not what our people signed up for, Sheridan. No, I'm sure it isn't. But then again, we are saving your skin. For at least a little while. Well, Ambassador, we will wait for a little while. But we will not forget this. You have threatened to use force against us when all we wanted was to protect ourselves. Every great fall begins with a single mistake. This was yours. Toth has been put on the transport ship to Babylon 5. 
Laurie has found the whole process of her rescue exhilarating, and is working up an appetite. Shikar, on the other hand, is not hungry. The Bloodhound squads have arrived and are met by Bester. Personal log, June 18th, 2262. I don't think I've had a good night's sleep since I got here. Tonight's no exception. But I have to sleep. Tonight is the calm before the storm, and I may not get another chance for some time. Tomorrow the storm comes. Tomorrow the killing begins. God help me, I can't think of any way to stop it. Tomorrow the killing begins. And you know what also begins? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. I love that Star Trek does what adventure programs do. It's fun characters going on adventures, wearing colorful outfits, but it tries to be more than that. It tries to say something more about humanity and tries to encourage us to be better people. I love that it gives a really positive and really hopeful view of the future. I like that you never know what you get with Trek, from Captain Pike to Picard to Captain Proton. I like the Ferengi. Earth Station Trek, a show where we talk about Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. And the trivia. Captain Lock. This is poor. I'll, I'll have to admit. Captain. Captain. Captain Lockley leaves her quarters still partially out of uniform and finishes putting on her jacket as she walks down the hall past other people and into the lift. This would be very out of order for a military officer, unless, sorry, much less the captain of the entire station to appear improperly uniformed or ununiformed. Now, I read that and I thought, oh, I'll look out for that. Yes, she does get out of her um, quarters and she's still putting a jacket on. She gets to the lift and there's nobody in sight. So nobody saw her. So it doesn't make any difference. Mm. Uh, now, but they could have. They, they, there could have been somebody. There could have been somebody there, yeah. And Lockley is not the type of person to be out of uniform for you know in, in official capacity. So, yeah, maybe there's a point there, but come on. <laughs> Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? As a matter of fact, Paul, there certainly are. We've got Haley McLean as the computer voice. She was a script supervisor in Star Trek Insurrection. Mm, well spotted. I, I think we may. I think we may have mentioned this before, but uh, I, I'm not. Sure. I don't know because I, the funny thing is, and uh, you know, peering behind the curtains, uh, I'm a couple of weeks ahead in my in my watching of the episodes now, and I was writing out the uh, the notes. You know, are there any Star Trek connections? in about three or four weeks' time, and the same person appears. And I thought, oh, wow, script editor. Okay, I've never seen that before. Only to find out she's in here, and I hadn't hadn't written it down. (laughs) I've missed it. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Uh, Of course, we've got uh, Walter Koenig as Vester, but we've talked about him lots. Uh, New this week is Tom Billet as the Centauri Guard. Uh, He played a dosi trader in the Deep Space Nine episode, Rules of Acquisition. Uh, we have Lee McCloskey, who played Thomas, and he was Joran Bilar in Deep Space Nine's Field of Fire, and he played Tyran in Voyager's Warlord. And of course, we've talked about her before, but she hasn't been around in a long time. Julie Caitlin Brown plays Natoth. Uh, she was Vicor in The Next Generation's Gambit 1 and 2, and Tai Kajada in Deep Space Nine, The Passenger. Very good. I missed a, I missed a couple there. Ah, well, that's because that's my job, so I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was 
deliberately being sloppy. I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, ratings. We uh, rate every episode we watch uh, out of five, because it's Babylon 5. And this uh, episode is rated by IMDB at 7.2. So, Sean, what rating would you give this episode? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I was thinking... It's it's pretty decent for the Londo and Jakar stuff. We get to see uh, Matoth back. This is probably the last time we'll ever see her again. I can't remember for sure, but it seems likely. Um, the the Bloodhound Gang, <laughs> the Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> that would be amazing in an episode. <laughs> that would be fan fucking tastic, right? Yeah, no, that's that's a band from the nineties, but uh, <laughs> the Bloodhound Telepaths, whatever they're called. I'm tired. It's it's been a long week. Uh, they're good. Bester's good. Um, Lockley <laughs> is a good actress and does great with the uh, the telepaths. Uh, I'm so friggin' tired of the telepaths. I don't know. Let's go three point seven. Okay, three point seven. It is. Dan, what did you make of this episode? But now you've said like bloodhound gang i can't think of anything else now i'm just completely thrown out um uh yeah no sorry uh last week um i said that i would have really liked a spin-off where it was just lando and jakar and i think this episode just proves that i would still want that um i enjoyed their little escapades i enjoyed the whole bringing the uh, court lady in to then have her disrobe and she sees nothing wrong with it because the previous emperor and this is just something that happens in the court all the time in private chambers uh, and then they use that later walking through with Natoff with the veil over you know you're not supposed to see all of this kind of stuff and it's just you know it was just Lando's way of playing it up getting pretend drunk you know just talking and kissing people all over the place uh, so that people just don't notice in the royal court and I thought it was amazing I thought it was really good and and Natoff is the thing we're interested in in this episode I think it would have been more interesting to have just focused on that forget the telepaths whack that into next week and just have a nice centauri mystery again we find out who's in the cell oh it's natoth something like that um because that's what i really came back for but because of those performances it really pushes the episode up for me um i did have to giggle at myself it was not quite a naked gun moment but when zach said uh, oh no it's so narrow in that tunnel uh, you're not gonna be able to turn around and then we cut to the tunnel and there's tons of <laughs> room yes. everywhere so clearly all the telepaths have nicked the metal from that tunnel to then weld onto the other side so there's so much room for her she could have easily turned around she could have had a whole picnic in there she could have invited the bloodhound gang and everything would have been fine um so yeah that that made me laugh so it actually pushed the episode up for me it was entertaining um <laughs> then suddenly it just Oh, oh God! I'm so bored with this story. You're breaking up. Say again. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is that just me going? Yeah. Oh, there, yeah. there we go. Yeah, fair enough. That was me just cutting out the microphone. No, I'm just so bored of the telepath storyline. I, uh, I want it over with. I wonder if that's going to happen. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, man, it's so boring. Um. Yeah, and, and with Natoff, though, I want to go back to the thing I want to talk about. Um, Natoff, um, why didn't they just set her up with quarters in the cell? Like, if he says that she's not going to survive, wait until the Emperor, it's been prophesied, you know, he could talk to Jakar about this prophecy and things, and then say, well, 
why don't I can set a new agenda? I can't countermand the order, but why don't we set her up with, you know, a four poster bed over there, a private doctor, they'll come and visit her. They've got, you know, spoo on demand. You know, you, you could set her up with her own private quarters and she'll just be this thing, this mystery, the secret of the new emperor Lando. Um, I just feel like that could have been another resolve and it probably would have worked out quite nicely. Um, and then we could have had her for loads of episodes afterwards, but I, th- I think you're right. I mean, um, I li- so yeah, yeah I, I like that idea. I mean, that that would have been, I'm, I'm air quoting here, the least Lando could have done, you know, because the, you know, <laughs> yeah. actually the least he could have done was nothing, which is what he what he was going to do. But the you know the least he could have done is made her quarters better. Now, unfortunately, uh, you know, yeah. a, a cell is still a cell. It doesn't matter how comfy True. it is; it's still four walls that you're pinned into. So, but then of course your car would have come up with, we ain't leaving without her, you know, and that. that would have made yeah. it better, but at least it would have made a, a a more sort of caring feeling sort of offer, if you like, that mm. uh, that didn't come. So yeah, yeah, I mm. agree. Um, but yeah, so f- for for that on that uh, last week was a three point eight. I don't think it did any better, so I'm just going to stay at the same of three point eight. Okay, hmm. that's uh, interesting. Interesting. Okay, so you both around about the same number. So. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm with you guys. I, I'm. Yeah, let's get rid of the telepaths already. Come on. Uh, Best are coming on on the station and you know, sort of, you know, fighting against the telepaths. Yeah, that, that's an interesting bit. Um, the, the the telepaths are not helping themselves by you know requesting and and you know, holding up and hunger strikes, hunger strikes and things. So yes, enough already. Oh, just just weld. They've welded the doors from the inside so nobody can get in, right? So why not weld the doors from the outside so they can't get out? <laughs> right. right. Some of them have already escaped. Exactly. Some of them have already escaped, and they're actually now <laughs> killing people and you know creating chaos. So let's get rid of them because they're being naughty and not allowed, and just weld the doors shut and have the rest of them. Yeah, because they're saying we'll starve in here. We're going. We're not going to eat. We want to starve in here. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll allow it. Yeah. Off you go. Okay, yeah. got some salad. Enjoy your last moments. So, um, so yeah, uh, that's not. Is it's not good. But how, having said that, yes, the Centauri episode, effectively, um, of dressing up uh, Natarth as, as a Centauri woman with a veil. Londo being drunk and dragging her through the court. That was a really, really good, you know, hiding in plain sight. I love it. Um, you know, the great way to get her out, uh, to get her on the ship and send her off. And that, you know, that's that's brilliant. That was all good. Um, and yes, we could have had a whole episode based on that. Um so yeah, for me it's it's above average. It's not it's not desperately bad. There's not too much telepath that drags it down. The rest of it does drag it up a bit, so I'm I'm with you guys. I'm I'm with a I'm a three point eight eight. There you go. To mm. be precise. So uh, question for you. Yes. Uh, the the story that Londo tells about the uh, the girl and and the guard with the flower. Have we heard that story before, or do I just really remember it from previous watches? Now you got me thinking. It doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't particularly ring a bell, but when you say it, an image jumps into my head of. Them being in the uh, with, with the previous emperor, Cartagia, and they were stood in the garden. Now, whether that's because you just mentioned flowers or not, I don't know. I'd have to go back and have a look at that episode and see whether it was Ooh, mentioned there. Like, 
is there a royal guard in the middle of the scene and it's just there? Well, there was actually. That would be. There was ah. a good, there was another guard, but I think it was he was with Cartagia because he throws him a bucket or something, doesn't he? He's he's, he's walking over the bucket mm-hmm. or oh, with a head in it. I can't remember what it is, but anyway, or yes, he, he gives it to the guard. Now that would have been interesting if there was a guard there. It's hard to keep everything straight because mm. is am I remembering it from before? Is it uh, previous seasons that we've been currently watching? I, I don't know. Mm. Am I just overtired yes. <laughs> and imagining things? I'm not sure anymore. I think you should go onto the Babylon Five uh, Facebook page and ask the question. Mm. Yeah, there's an idea. Do we have a Facebook page? No, no, we we don't, but there is one, um, okay. which is where I advertise the Epsilon Three. Uh, so, uh, of yeah. It's uh, there's always people on there saying, "Did you know this? Did you know that?" So excellent. I think uh, is that is that, is that the end of the episode? Have I have I, have I missed anything? I think I think we knocked it out of the park this week. Yeah, I think we did. Actually, we actually liked one for a change. <laughs> no, we didn't hate one <laughs> yes, for a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the big difference this season. Is like, did we hate it more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 10, Phoenix Rising. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three, spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Now, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.